This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So my next guest is originally from South Carolina and began her career as a Radio City Rocket right out of high school. 20 years later, she would go on to perform the role of Velma on Broadway in Chicago as the understudy. Her brilliant career has spanned 25 years plus working bi-coastal in Los Angeles and New York, acting in over 13 television shows. Just turn on the TV, you're going to see her. <laughs> A lot of people know her for Revenge of the Bridesmaids, the romantic comedy with raven Simone. Um, she made her Broadway debut in the revival of A Chorus Line, where she is featured uh, lending the role of Christine in the documentary Every Little Step. She leads a creative, artistic life teaching across the globe and now spends a lot of her time directing and choreographing. She's a proud co-founder of Broadway Arts Community, the mentoring and performing arts educational company she founded with her best friend and is dedicated to passing it on to the next generation of artists. Most recently, she wrote a one-woman show focused on mental illness, a true story shared with the goal to spread hope and awareness globally. It's called In My Own Little Corner, a work in progress with bipolar disorder, and it made its New York debut on November 5th, 2022 at the Riverside Theater. It's with great pleasure I can finally sit down with Chrissy Whitehead. Welcome, Chrissy. Yay. Thank you so much, Lisa. That's so funny hearing your, you know, you, you, type out the bio and you send it to people all the time and then you forget about what it says. <laughs> so that was nice of you reading it out. It's, it's yeah. funny how the highlights sound so great, don't they? The highlights just sound so good. I know. I know. How do they feel when you hear it back? I feel like it's just, just a quarter of my story, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like they say, because they say that like your life is really in between your resume. It's everything that's happening in between. And so I got that from my business partner, Alexis. Um, she got that from somewhere. But I really like that because we're like, it's what you're doing in between. So I, it feels good because you're like, gosh, you have dreams, you have goals. and I, But I got lucky. I mean, you know this business. It's a lot of it's luck. I mean, you can be as talented as you possibly can be. And then I just got, I just happened to be a Christine they liked for a chorus line. But you know, there was a plethora of Christines that were right for that role, you know? I just got lucky. So I'm, 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 it's an honor to be on the other side of it now. So it feels good to hear those things. It feels good to hear that about the show because the show isn't about me. It's about the message and the mission. And, um, and I'm only doing it because it's about that. Yeah. So much unpack, but first of all, hell yeah. About it happens in between. You know, I mean, I'm writing, I'm writing a thing called the places where there are spaces. And it's what I've always, always believed. That's where the dancing is, right? Life's dancing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's what grows you, makes you, it molds you. Um, I think that performing got really vacant for me after a while, because I, I think what I love about theater is the connection Mm. and the talking and the community. And that's, why we named our business that Broadway Arts Community. That's the communal aspect of what theater can do. So for me, after a while, the applause and people telling you how great you are, and how talented you are, can only go so far. 
but actually having deep conversations and looking into people's eyes and and having real conversations i think are really special yeah no for sure i don't i don't i don't like knock i'm not knocking performing i think there's a beautiful space for performers i coach performers i teach performers um but it can be very self indulgent and i think there's a fine line between self indulgence and like, what is your why? Basically what we were talking about earlier. What is your why? Why are you, why are you, why do you want to perform? Yeah. Well, and it's tricky for young people with talent like yourself. I mean, I'm curious if this resonates with you. I mean, sometimes, you know, in, in their effort to elevate and support and celebrate us parents and or people around us that are older than us when we're young, you know, mm-hmm. they say, oh, you know, Chrissy, you're so talented, but you should audition for this, or maybe I should put her in a dance class, or maybe you should, because they're looking, mm-hmm. they're trying to help, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. it's received in a way when you're a child that, oh, I get more attention, love, safety, all of that when I'm doing what they say I do well. And and it's amazing how yeah. that, that mixes messages when you're young, right? What do you think about that? It mixes with your worth a little bit, you know? I mean, yeah, I felt very special when people responded to my work especially young because as a dancer too I mean I was a very emotional dancer and that's what made made people tell me and made me want to do acting was because I was just so emotive when I danced and I just so got into the the moment um but I there's pressure that comes with that with oh you're so good and and then you think, okay, I'm so good. And then, oh, I am really good. Like I was winning all the competitions. And, and then they're thinking, okay, now you need to do X, Y, and Z. And if you don't do X, Y, and Z, then what are you? It's like chorus line, right? Mm. If I'm not a dancer or an actor and a singer, what am I? Mm. It's like, I think, I think a lot of people feel, we all have this like field of work and especially if we love our work. Yeah. What happens when we can't do that work anymore? You know? Yeah. I didn't mind the pressure. I really enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't like it when I did when I didn't deliver, when I didn't quote unquote deliver in the way that I thought I should. I wanted to really just take a moment to celebrate you and what you're doing currently now in your life. Um, hmm. You know, your one woman show, your mission to spread hope and global awareness around mental illness. I mean, I watched the the video of a reading, I think it was um, mm-hmm. just last night. And I was so impressed with how honest and kind and inviting you are. And and I believe that the way we do anything is the way we do everything. So yay that you've chosen to use your gift, but you have this, you have this, tell me what you think about this, but you have, from my perspective, (laughs) this incredible facility to make people feel like they want to come in. You you do that in in on the stage, playing your roles, everything you do, even talking to you. Like you have this sense of mm. it's it's mm. uh, it's an invi- like it feels it's invitational okay. almost. It's beautiful, yeah. And it's not that like you know you're coddling or going oh it'll be okay or you just have mm-hmm. this. It is what it is, and we're all the mm-hmm. same. I don't know. There's this thing. There's this this essence, and we are all the same. Yes, I feel I'm so much you get that. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. That that I truly feel that at my core. I feel that when, if I am open, I think a lot of that came from my mom. I watched her be an amazing listener and I watched her listen with her sweet eyes. And so I think mom, I just got lucky to come from a mom that was really sweet. 
I, I, I just think I found that if, if I start out as an open palming and an invitation and welcoming anyone in that it, it allow people's guards come down and they feel seen. Yep. And ultimately that is what we all need. We all want to be seen no matter who we are, where we come from, what we look like. We want to be seen. We want to feel heard. We want to feel loved and we want to feel like we belong somewhere. And so dancing to me was a huge place for that. And I really got lucky to find dance because I, I call dance like an, like a, a pronoun. Like I think she's one of, she's like my dearest friend mm. and like we are with each other all the time and she helps me feel free. And so if I can feel free and joyful and dance, then that's what I want. And so that's what I did with this show. I was to come out with bipolar disorder to do all this, I did it all last year, was very difficult. But something was pushing me that was bigger than me, um, whether that was my mom's spirit or, you know, because she's passed and she died and she didn't take good care of her health. So, you know, I watched her deteriorate in front of my eyes. And I don't see the same as I did prior to that. Like, I don't look at life that is the is what it is kind of mm. thing for me mm. i can't be an authentic I, I can feel the radar on me if i if i'm even tapping into it um just because i just watched life slip outside of my mother and she slipped away and so when she slipped away i tried to figure out why how there's tons of secrets that she lived with and shame and guilt and which is revealed in the show because I really thought it'd be important for people to see a real authentic story between a mother and her daughter, the secret she kept from her. The truth of the matter is she didn't take care of her mental health and I have been doing everything I possibly can to thrive. Her death certificate read failure to thrive. Mm. That was her death certificate. And that stuck with me all these years. And then five years later, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I was literally kind of confused and in shock and was like, what is this? And then as I started to do more research, I started to go, oh, and then I, and then I started to really, I still have my team that I have when I got diagnosed. So I've been able to be lucky to have these people in my life who have guided me along the way to give me tools and life skills to help me manage these mood disorders. I think it's really great that if people can, more people can come out with stuff like this, the more we don't make it a big deal, mm. <laughs> the less it is, right? Yep. So if I can share with you my story on a stage and bear my heart and my soul and then come out and say, how, how are you? How was that for you? So my show comes with a talk back at the end because I think it's really important. It's not it's not a show that I just come out, come into a city and here you go. I'm going to dump all this information and then get out, you know, like, no, that's me being protective. So I do need to have an invitation. So that's a lot. But it is called In My Own Little Corner. It's a show. It's the, it's the song that got me my Broadway debut, which was Chorus Line. Yeah. Yeah. I've always felt like in my own little corner. And I think mm. a lot of human beings feel like we are in our own little corner. But if we can recognize that we're actually, we don't have to do this alone. 
there are people out there that can help and there are resources and you don't have to stay trapped in your brain. And there's little, little things you can do, you know, little baby things, not like astronomical, go to India and do a <laughs> ashram, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's great too, but <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know what came up for me right now? If, if I can share when you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, in my own little corner, which, which kind of Im- can on the one hand imply obviously that you're keeping to yourself and and all of that. But it's also interesting because it's another connotation of that expression, which is being in your own corner. And I feel like you're doing that. I feel like you're also in your own corner. So it's not that you're just coming out, but that you're like, no, this is for me as much as it is for you. I think that that's cool. Yeah. I can agree with that. I mean, This has been healing for me. Just to talk about the fact, like in the first time I said that I had bipolar disorder after I launched it and put it on the social media, you should have seen how I felt that day. Like I was just like, oh my God, it was the first announcement that I was doing Mm. a show. And I just, I was so nervous. Mm. And then I was like, what are you nervous about? You know, like, what are you nervous about? What is your definition (laughs) of living in the moment? Living in the moment is really being here now. It's like right now as I'm with you and not thinking about anything else other than having this moment and this conversation with you. I have nowhere else I need to be but this gift, this present moment, which I love that too, that it's called a present. Mm -hmm. It's like a gift, same thing. Yeah. We really give a gift to someone when we are being present with them, even if it's on Zoom, you can feel it. Oh yeah. And when I'm not, I have to be like, I'm sorry, I'm multitasking right now and I'm not fully here. Give me one second. I want to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the present moment, living in the present moment is being right here, right now, not in the past, not in the future and um, accepting and surrendering to what is. Mm. Mm. Well, and it's, it's beautiful. And it's interesting because when you, when you came in and I I pointed out how I receive you, right. Just even um, yeah. with that giving um, and that, well, it's yeah. a presence. It's funny in the arts, we talk about, oh, she's got such presence. She's got the it factor or whatever. And, and right. you, as we know, like there's, there's a, everybody, there's so much talent. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and I actually, yeah, said, now I too, you, I just feel like oh, it's getting worse. And access to learning and and it's so great. I mean, on the one hand, it's really incredible, right? Like there's just so much knowledge and stuff, but but the speed at which people are able to to access this mastery, technical mastery mm-hmm. of stuff and learning mm-hmm. and stuff, versus having those moments where where they're where deep processing goes on and all that, right? Which is really interesting. Yeah. But, but when you talk about that, it factor that sort of um essence wow i I think of it like an Mm -hmm. essence right i mean you have it it's yeah and you talk it's funny because and i'm just going to call you out because you do and you wouldn't need to do a step (laughs) i think i i think if you chose to be a rocket scientist you'd have it i don't i mean you happen to choose dance because you were called for whatever reason right but i think no matter what you did you would show up in the same way i don't think it's what you're doing I think it's who you are. That's interesting. My mom, my mom used to always, I mean, I, I don't know. She did used to say to me, she instilled in me, baby duck, you could be, if you wanted to be the street sweeper, you would be the best street sweeper there ever was. You wanted to go work at McDonald's, you'd be the best McDonald's worker. 
she said it to me at a very young age and I never quite, you want to be the president of the United States. <laughs> she, she was very thing. But I, I think that's very kind of you. Um, I think you're right, though. I think we all are born with certain essences, truly, to our spirit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what's cool about it is it is all different. Some are similar, some are different, but it's what makes the world go around. Because if we all have the same it factor, or if we all had the same calm factor, I mean, think about the people that have such ability to be calm. I mean, I will be spending the rest of my life trying to master <laughs> calm, yeah. you know? And I, and there's moments where I, there's moments, you know, if I'm really actively like thinking about it, but I like the fact that we're all so different and have different essences. So I don't really, I think the it factor can be a blessing and a curse. I don't like to think of it as the it factor, but I just really enjoy communicating and connecting with other human beings. And I love the truth. Yeah, I'm really interested in the truth. Yeah. Like what you just said, it's not what you're doing. It's it's how you are. If I'm going to have these kinds of conversations and I'm just going to sprinkle in some hope and sprinkle in some resources and just share, because I can't save, I can't save anyone. I'm not a clinic, you know, I'm not licensed, but I can share my story and maybe sprinkle in some hope. That feels really good more than anything I've ever been able to do. But besides teaching, I love teaching because I do the same thing. We do the same thing when we're teaching. We sprinkle hope and we shine a light on people's lights. And we say, oh, don't you see? Oh, you remember. Look what you've got there. Oh, there you are. You know? (laughs) And that's exciting to see when that comes to life. Because we're here so short, right, Lisa? Like, it's it's done. Like, life is really over yesterday. I mean, every day is another day to go, all right, I got another day. I woke up okay. How do I do? What do I do with it? not easy all the time but yeah yeah totally no that's beautiful <laughs> no it's beautiful and and uh, you know you you just completely illustrated what we're you know what i was saying is that i really believe you know like s- some of us find it through what we're doing but then we think that that's it so that when it's taken away from us. And it was a really good example in during COVID where so many people were going, shit, I don't know who I am when I'm not performing or, you know, or working at IBM or whatever it is that they do. Or teaching. or Yeah, yeah or I whatever, mean. right? And in some of us, it was exciting and like all sorts of things came out because it came out. So, and and no judgment, you know, um, you know, no disrespect. No, we all had such different responses to that time i was in the mountains in north carolina like completely away from new york city and um i put my head down i i did not breathe yeah we grew broadway arts community and we grew everything we possibly could for me was to survive so whereas i i was i admired a lot of people that kind of calmed down i did not do that yeah i took i took it and said oh you're gonna shut me down no you're not i love it (laughs) I love it. So so that's that's awesome. So I'm going to ask you maybe to put humility aside for a minute and ask you to tell me like beyond what everybody knows about you, what would you say are your unique gifts? What I say my unique gifts are. Yeah. I I the word for me is just how much I care. Like I think gift of mine is that I really, I really care 
almost too much at a fault sometimes. Um, I think that that's a gift to care. But a lot of people find we're all just busy. So people are so busy that we're running out. I'm living in New York City, so, you know. So I would say caring is one of my gifts. And the other gift I would say is my ability to create and produce things that I'm proud of. Um, And the other, I don't know if it's a gift, but I would say I really, really am always working on myself. So whatever that word means about working on myself, um, meaning how can I be a better human? Because I can be really good with people, right? And really good. And I think this goes to show for a lot of people, like people who are in the field of work of like social workers or therapists or pastors, right? You hear this a lot, right? Where people who are really good and really, and really mean it. And like, I am so in it and so in the present moment when I am teaching my students and when I am directing and when I'm leading people and I I really deeply care, there's nothing put on, Mm -hmm. but I tend to, you know, if we want to be candidly speaking, I I tend to, I have to work harder at being a better human being and partner to my husband and to my little family unit. Because what happens is, is I become a little bit like, I get so much out of my work, but but I also get so much out of sharing a life with my partner who loves me very much and who teaches me how to love more. I mean, I think my mom taught me to be self-sufficient. I think she taught me to be a little bit selfish, even though she was always about saying, give back, give back, Chrissy, give back to your life, talk to your elders that, you know, she was constantly teaching me. I feel like she was setting me up for me to be in a life without her, you know? So I, I think I'm well-equipped worldly and I want to be just as well as, if not more well-equipped with my family, the one that is with me every day, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think that that's where the self-care and the journaling and the meditation and the things for me is like every day it's, it's a turn down the devices, sit with my husband, you know, so you want to talk about gifts, but I also want to talk about the things that I think it's important that like for the rest of our lives, yin and the yang, right? No one's great at all things. You know, I, I have a business, you know, and, and I do love my business. So when I post and when I do stuff, it's super intentional, but that's not me every day. I can't always be, you know, I mean, yes, I'm an, I try to be an open book, but there's days where I'm crabby. There's days where I'm super sad. There's days where, um, you know, and I think that that's important to talk about too, just in general, like your highlighted reel and my highlighted reel looks great, but that is to me, it's only a quarter of what, of what life really is. Um, like you said, I really will walk away from this conversation because I like to know about takeaways. It's like, it's not in what I'm doing. It's how I, it's, it's how I am. It's just how I am. So you said, it's just how you are. And I'll share with you. And we're about to, I'm so excited about this. The other thing I'm really excited about is my 40 plus class that I'm doing at Steps. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm teaching, yeah, a f- class of 40 year olds and up. And every time before class that I start, um, you know, I start as grounded and I close our eyes and we 
take a breath and just get into our hearts centered. And, um, and then I just ask and invite for everyone in the room to find a word that they really want to be in that room. You know, do they want to be kind to themselves and to each other? Do they want to be open? Do they want to be more joyful today? Do they want to be silly? You know, and, and really find that word and hold on to that word. Um, so that 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 can emulate in the class and for me i i love that stuff i really i really believe in what i'm saying and it can be too much for people or it can be i don't know and that's okay you know because i know i'm being authentic and i know i've seen it really help people just show up because just showing up to a dance class in new york city even for the 20 year olds the 20 year olds are still feeling the same thing you're feeling you just had 20 years more experience. Now I get it. We don't want to take class with the 20 year olds. I've been, and I, st- I started this class because I was taking class with the 20 year olds and I was like, and I was working through it, Lisa. Like I was working through like, it's fine. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm in my own little corner back here and I'm good, you know? And I, and I, and I did, and I would allow myself to let go, but I still had this gla- Plus I teach and it's like, they know I'm t- a teacher in the class. Like there's all that around it. And to me, that, and my ability to, and my ability to create community. Mm. That's a gift. I mm-hmm. think a safe community. Yep. So lucky, lucky people. I think that's incredible. I really do. I think it's wonderful. I'm curious to know though, you being not 20 anymore. Um, although I think it shows up in both places, but talk to me about your personal experience in your career, in your life with, with imposter syndrome. Have you experienced that? Do you feel that? How does that show up for you? Mm -hmm. I think so. Of course, I think the imposter syndrome is for any of us who are doing something new, Mm. right. And then we're trying to to be in it. So as a dancer, I never felt like an imposter because I, I was like, I'm a dancer. This is what I do. And I, by the time I was 18, I was a rocket. Right. And so I, I felt very strong about my dancing and who I was and that never happened, but man, oh man, going to school for musical theater, I felt like an imposter. I, my voice was very thin. I was like, but I wanted to be a Gwen Burden type, but I didn't know how to do it. So I went to AMDA, you know, and I really worked my tail off. So I felt like an imposter, but I worked through the imposter syndrome. So I think when I feel like an imposter, it gets me excited to get better and to learn rather than retreat and be like, I shouldn't be here. Um, And then it happened again. Same thing. I wanted to be an actress on film and television. I went to every acting class you could possibly imagine in Los Angeles and tackled it like, (laughs) I love it. And it took me a long time to get on TV. And then I felt like, um, you like I'm new, right? I'm a new director and choreographer, but I've been doing it educationally for a, a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get a new job. Like I got my first professional job as a director. I joined the union, so I'm going to be directing and choreographing Nonsense, which is a really sweet, fun little show down in California and down in Florida. Um, I, I think of the imposter syndrome. I never have looked at it as like I feel like an imposter. I just look at it like, oh, I've this is new to me. Keep going because the more and more you keep doing something, you're going to get better at it. Yeah. And then you won't feel like an imposter. So that's, that's how I, and teaching has always been part of my blood. I mean, I've been teaching since, since 2005, pretty much throughout my whole career. I mean, I've, I, 
I've loved it. It has saved, it has saved me. I love that. Cause it sounds like it works for you. Um, it's much like what you said with, you know, when they were going to, when they, when COVID was going to shut you down and set, you were like, yeah, no, <laughs> like that actually jazzed you, <laughs> which I think is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Mean, but my question, I'm always looking for the solution. Yeah. Totally. Always you going. For a solution. Well, so yeah. when you do find yeah. the solution, so, and, and you have, right. So like when you finally broke into um, television or acting or any one of these things that you mm. described, when you actually got there, you know, and actually had proof mm-hmm. that you, that you did it. How did you operate from that place? Like, was it like, haha, I've arrived. I was right. Or is it, is this, maybe this isn't enough <laughs> or there's more to do or like, how, how do you, yeah. Show up in that. Ah, I've arrived. I was right. I love that. Um, <laughs> no, you never feel like you never feel like you arrive. You know, there's always something, and that's the that is the that is the what is it? The carrot that dangles mm. for all of us as performers. And I find when I say that to students as well, like at the end of the day, y'all, you're going to get a job. It's going to be great. It's not, and you're it's going to close, and mm. you're going to or it'll end, and you're back at square one again. It's the in between. So. Film and t- TV. So I worked very hard at acting, but the training I got, I was very much pulling on my own life. And so it got exhausting for me because I mm. was, I was using my, my mother's illness and sickness for when I was crying about a boy in Revenge of the Bridesmaids. Like, so it, it, and I didn't have the confidence yet. Cause I felt like, I, no, I felt like I was an imposter on that movie. Cause I was like the new girl and I was number two choice. Like, yeah. who's this dancer going to a- LA to be an actress? Right. You know what I mean? And I studied in musical theater. Yeah. And my mom was the one that was like, what are you doing? We spent all the, you're a dancer. Like, what are you doing? And oh, I was funny. like, oh, you'll see. And yes. I, you know, and I proved to my mom, but it took years. And once I got there, there were all such different roles. Like I've really played a lot of different roles. So I do feel like I like the body of work that I was able, that people saw me as. And I was a little bit of a chameleon. Um, I went through many different things. I'd either be a chatty Kathy or I was a crying victim or um, I was a Kushba and Grimm or I was in a sci-fi television show singing. So I look at it and I go, I'm I'm grateful for the experience of the work that I know what that's like to be on a television set. I will always know what that's like. And it helps me as a teacher. So I, I think I knew, Lisa, that I wanted to have a body of work as best as I could because I've always had a good business sense. So I was like, if I don't have a good body of work, people are, how are they going to trust me to teach them? And I knew I was going to be a teacher of some sort. I didn't know I was going to have a company. I had no idea we were going to have a company. We're now in six years. <laughs> you know, women run. and But I'm very proud of it. Very proud of it. But I think, I think I did get to a point where I was like, you know what? I've done this. I don't want to stay here forever trying to get a series regular because I never got a series regular. And people were like, you know, I, I, for me, authentically, I do not want to change my face and do things to alter myself so that I look different so that I can stay young in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And when I started seeing that, and then when my mother died, the way she died, I, I went halt said, this is not what I want to do. I don't know why I want to perform. I don't know. And I, and I stopped. I mean, I did Cassie in a chorus line, but I was crying every night and I didn't want to do that. And that's when I, that's when I found uh, the creative side. Cause I didn't want the pressure of being on stage. Yeah. So 
Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's um yeah. So interesting. Thank you. It's so so interesting. How do you want to be remembered? Mm, I just want to be remembered as love. I want to be remembered as love. That really people felt like being with Chrissy or being in a room with Chrissy or loving Chrissy, I felt loved, I felt seen, I felt cared about. That's how I want to be remembered. I don't really care about the highlights of my career. Mm. It's about who I've met along the way. So that would, I would say that. Well, success. You've already succeeded. You've already achieved that goal. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You, I mean, like I said, we don't know each other that well, but you are definitely living in, in that value. I mean, it's really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm back in New York City. That helps. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm back you... I'm back where my heart needs to be. Mm. And is that tell me more about that? Why do you think that is? Um even though my heart is always where it needs to be is in my body. I love that. I love that my home is my my body is my home. Mm, I, yeah. I got that from somebody during COVID. Um, so really wherever my heart is and where my body is is where my home is. But mm-hmm. um the, the wilderness and mountains, I went down there to be with my husband because that's where I met him. And we were up here in New York and then I was doing Chicago on Broadway and I was ready to go and I was ready for a change. And this was before I got diagnosed. So I was just ready for another drastic change mm-hmm. in my life. So we we left, we went down south and I looked out my window during COVID and I had a mountain for my neighbor and I really didn't see anybody. And it was very... um I, I taught on the Cherokee reservation, Lisa. I was on That's the Native cool. American Cherokee reservation for a year and a half. I became a public school drama and dance teacher during this time. And I and I directed them. And that's where it, all my directing work started. Shrek, Into the Woods, and Aladdin Jr. I wow. taught middle school and high school. And that was incredible. And I learned a lot. And they learned a lot. And then COVID hit in the middle of me doing hairspray for them. I was directing and choreographing that. And then COVID hit. And then during that, after about a year of COVID, I was like, I, I was teaching online for AMDA and I was like, I, I think we have to go back. Like, I just, my, I gotta be around the people that are like, have similar, um, creative drives and dreams. Mm -hmm. And I feel like New York is the Mecca and I feel very at home here. I always have, but I stayed in LA for way, in my opinion, way too long chasing a acting dream you know yeah it is what it is i don't have any regrets because i think that's silly like our lives do what they do but um this is i call this the second act so i'm Mm. gonna be 43 this year and this is my second act i've got my husband we separated for like six months and now we're back on track we went to kenya this year last year and Mm. i i taught out there and i'm just starting to like regroup like what does the second act look like yeah. Um, what does it look like with my show? What does it look like with directing and choreographing? And I'm really just kind of open palming it, Lisa. And then like the coaching and the teaching will always, I don't feel like that's going anywhere. That's like my bread yeah. and butter, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the the yeah. teaching thing really f- seems like it's at your core, right? It seems like teaching is such a, a a big part of what you do. So I'm I'm super curious. Is there someone or some experience or somewhere in your life that inspired you in this way or that modeled teaching or how do you think where does that come from do you think uh my mom 
She mm. taught fashion. She taught modeling. Mm. Um, but it's funny. She taught it from the inside out, which was like she had a whole thing and an idea of, of me having a studio one day called Light Shine. Mm. Like, let your light shine. Um, so I watched her be also a teacher to these young models and help them feel like they can. It was all about the way they walked and carried mm. themselves. It was like a an after school, like modeling fashion program. So that was cool. I watched her be a teacher and people loved her. And every now and then I'll get, she didn't do it for very long, but people loved my mom doing it. And so she was one. And then my musical theater mentor, who uh, my very first teacher at AMDA was Elaine Petrikoff. Since then she became like my mentor, my coach, my dearest friend. And like, I call her my Jewish mama. She spoke at our wedding and she did the cracking of the plates. And then now she's my boss. Like she has gifted me talk about imposter syndrome. She put me on the musical theater faculty. She was like, I really think you can teach acting now, but see, I wanted to get all these acting gigs so that I could teach acting because I loved it so much. Mm. And I wanted, you know what I mean? But I, I knew I wouldn't be able to do it if I hadn't gotten this work. But then she said to me, I said, I just reached out to her about choreographing. And she came back to me and said, this was in 2015. I was like 35. I was like, I'm moving to New York. She was like, I think, what are your thoughts about joining the musical theater faculty? And I was like, okay, I have no idea how to like give songs. I can teach them how to act and tell a story. But she was like, I'll put you with the right person. You'll be fine. I'll coach you. You'll do the exercises. You'll be good. And then it, it, oh, I was literally Lisa doing Chicago eight shows a week. And I had a, and I had a, I had a first semester class of three times a week teaching them for 15 weeks. And I was more excited about going to that class than I was to the show. Yeah. Doug Caldwell. And he had a way of looking at you with those big blue eyes and he danced like he was dancing in heaven. Yeah. And I've never met to this day, anybody like nobody will, but because we're all different, but Doug Caldwell was a special, special teacher and um, person. And I know he battled a lot and yeah. that makes me sad, but I, he, he is definitely big, a big influence. So yeah, mm. I've had really great influences in my life. You know, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I treasure the value of teachers. I mean, it's important. Yeah. Oh, 100%. What's the, what's the, the best and the worst advice you've ever had from a teacher or from anybody for that matter? Oh my God. That's a good question. The best advice I ever got. Oh gosh. I don't know about a teacher. I'm more yeah. so, I mean, more so my mom, like, um, I like this one that she drilled in me a lot. Finish what you start. Hmm. Always finish what you started. Mm-hmm. Finish what you started. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm. Like husband, my husband, Craig, he, he does that a lot. And I, I try to remember that, but that, you know, judgments are so easier nowadays. I feel like, I don't know. It's so easy to just be like, write off something rather than just, just let things be like, we're all, you know, every, everybody, everybody deserves to be here. So those are the things, the worst advice. I don't really know. I don't really know of any worst advice. Okay. Can you finish this phrase? Most people think Chrissy Whitehead is dot, 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 but the truth is. Most people think that Christy Lighthead is a ball of energy. And the truth is, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but she still wants love. Like she still needs love. 
Like, I feel like sometimes people think of, I say this in the show, like, when is my fun too much? Especially before I was diagnosed, I had a hard time of, you know, people could probably say Chrissy White is, oh my God, she's a lot. She's like an energizer bunny. She's got a lot of energy or if people say it, but she's also got a huge heart and a lot of love to give. And sometimes she's overwhelming. Um, and then I would just say, and to that, she's also fragile and human, just like everyone else. So and needs assurance and that kind of thing. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. So we usually finish with what I call a rapid fire. Um, so I'm going to say what okay. makes you, and then I'll give you a word, and then you can just respond whatever comes to mind. What makes you hungry? When I was a kid, my mom was pretty poor, and we didn't have anything in our refrigerator. So all I would eat was saltines and jelly. So nowadays, I try not to gorge when I'm hungry. What inspires you? My husband and how he is with people, um, how he really cares. My students, the youth, the next generation. Mm. What frustrates you? Mm. A lot of things frustrate me. I don't know why it's like I'm drawing a blank here. Mm. Um, inflation and frustra- frustrates me. <laughs> inflation. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't believe how expensive things are in New York City now. And I used to not be that way. And now I'm just like, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> what makes you sad? When I really miss my mom. Mm. Um, when I really miss my mom. And then my mood disorder will come come in. A little bipolar bear. Hmm. When I feel something's coming on, that makes me sad because I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. Hmm. You know? but, yep. but I do. I, I find my ways of handling it. Yeah, no kidding. What makes you laugh? <laughs> First person that comes to my mind is Craig, my husband. He's silly. He's on a business. He's funny. I thought he was a comedian or an actor when I first met him. So he was my server. He was my waiter in Highlands, North Carolina. And he cracked us up with his dry humor. And I was like, are you a comedian? And we're like in the mountains. He was like, "Ah, no. I was like, are you an actor? And he was like, no. And he's definitely not any of those things. He makes me laugh because he's silly. What makes you angry? Mm. (laughs) My husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. <laughs> he pushes he can also push my buttons big time. Inequality. Um mm. just inequality in general makes me just super angry about how we cannot all just understand that we all deserve a life that we love and want and nobody should be in anybody's freaking business, bedroom, sexuality, gender. I just don't understand it. I can't wrap my brain around it. So then I get really angry about it because I'm like, just let people be. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, what makes you grateful? My health. I'm grateful that my heart and my head and my mind and my my little puppies are still with me and we have a roof over our head. And and I'm grateful for food mm. water. Mm. Yeah. What are the, the top three things that have happened so far today? Top three. 
Well, I told you one of them. We got a booking inquiry, which is our first one, wanting us to book us for our show. That was amazing. Um, I got to speak to my music director and my choreographer while we're happily researching our students for the showcase to cast them this week. Mm-hmm. That was nice. And then walking my dogs because I needed to do that before we have this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And what's something you're looking forward to? I am looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to directing my first show, Nonsense, mm. in in March, you know? I'm looking forward to trying on that hat and see how I how I do with that and see if I like it. I love it. I love it. Chrissy, it's yeah. been such a joy speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Lisa. This was really cool. I love what you're doing. And I love, and I just wish you all the best with it too. I think it's just incredible. I've been speaking today with Chrissy Whitehead. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Lisa Hopkins. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.